Blog Talk Radio. Glory to God. LiveDeliverance.com here on blogtalkradio.com. My name is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. And if you're listening to us via our simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. If you're listening to us on any other social media platforms or during any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com. And give us the times, the dates, the platforms, or locations that you're hearing us on. Although we would like to proliferate the airways, we would like to, we must do it <clears throat> legally and ethically and in righteousness. If you hear our content through any other means, it is the result of internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all those who participate in any internet piracy can be persecuted, prosecuted, and uh, harmed by federal agents. Having said all that, we can now get down to the kingdom business. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper so that you have any questions or comments about the ministry tonight. When we get to the end of the broadcast, we're going to give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. So now if you would join me in a word of prayer, we would like to sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place and this time because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word the bread of life. Jesus revealed to us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. 
Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace. As we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, beloved, we want to um, go back into uh, part two of Why Seek Ye the Living Among the Dead. And last week, uh, being the Halloween uh, um, experience, um, it, it kind of prompted my thinking of, you know, how many times and how many ways do we just ignore what the angel said to the to, to the people that came to visit uh, the grave. Uh, we, we know that this was a, a, a resurrection uh, event. It was uh, after the account of what happened to Jesus on the day of resurrection, but the question is still valid. You know, death is a unnatural phenomenon, first of all, because man was created to live forever. <laughs> but after sin entered into the, uh, the earth, death was now a guarantee. Our conversations, experiences with all of our loved ones should have lasted throughout our lifespan. All questions and insights that we would uh, gain or have been passed down uh, through the word of their testimony was supposed to be done face to face. So talking to the dead is a process that God does not condone. I know that there are uh, emptiness and, and a void there. But the devil will use this void and fill it with lies, suppositions, traditions, and vain repetitions. I mean, the devil is trying to separate you from uh, a God of love and, and, and instill in you questions and doubts. And so then when we have questions in our, in our lives and we don't bother to do what the Bible says do, then the devil messes us up and takes us all off course. And that whole uh, of course, scenario can last for generations. I mean, we're looking at the traditions of, of um, Halloween observances. How long has that been going on? And see, God was not interested in that happening at all. First of all, again, we were never supposed to die. But secondarily, he asks us that if we don't understand a thing, if we lack wisdom, he says specifically, ask God. He didn't say, ask your auntie that's going on to be with the Lord. See, because then if you're going to do that, you're first of all violating scripture. And so since you're violating scripture, now the devil can take you down a path that, 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 that might cause your uh, emotions to be connected and, and, and get a release from that because you feel like the words that you said meant something. But the devil is now uh, cause you to enter into a lie. The, remember, Jesus said he's the father of lies, that he lies from the very beginning. It has been said if you hear the devil say something, know that he's lying. Because from the beginning of the exchange, he starts to lie. Okay? We, we need to know that. We're given a voice. Their lives were also given a voice. But no, that's the second voice that's heard. The voice of the Lord is always the first voice that we hear. 
And we must know that his voice gives us inspiration, revelation, information, destination, and occupation. Other voices only can give us frustration, desperation, perspiration, and humiliation. So why seek ye the living among the dead? The first thing we'd like to look at uh, is is in um, Luke chapter uh, 20. And um, it, it says this, <clears throat> verse 37, 20 37. He, Jesus was speaking because the, 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 the Sadducees uh, had got some things wrong. They, they didn't understand how uh, the thing was supposed to, to work. So they were talking uh, to Jesus about uh, a situation that um, they didn't understand. Okay, but they're going to talk. I mean, this is just the way it is. They didn't understand the truth. What's supposed to happen when truth is 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 released, exposed? Jesus said, "If you continue in my word, first of all, that's where the truth is going to be uh, is housed. It's going to be contained in His word. It, truth is not contained in your emotions, beloved." I'm not saying your emotions are not good for something, but they will never uh, set in place so that you can hold truth in your emotions. Have you ever not known that your emotions will lie to you? Amen. Feels good today. It'll kill you tomorrow. But it felt good. That's where your emotions were connected to it. So then you'll go after that, and then once you go after that, you're going to try to either make it right or continue in it until it is right. See? So these uh, Sadducees and Pharisees, they felt like what they were doing was right, even though it wasn't. And so they were uh, giving an account of um, of what they thought um, should be. And in verse 27 uh, through maybe verse 37, they, they said, then it says in verse 27, then came to him certain of the Sadducees, and these, they had this first problem. They, first of all, denied that there is any resurrection. So they came with trickery in their hearts in the beginning, okay? But they're going to use uh, uh, people's emotions and, and misunderstandings to, to, to keep them in the bondage. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, saying this, a man died having a wife, and he died without children, his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. There were, therefore, seven brethren, and the first took a wife and died without children. The second took her to wife and died childless, and the third took her, and in like manner, the seventh also. And they all left no children, and they died. Last of all, the woman died. Therefore, in this resurrection that you're talking about, um, who Whose wife shall she be? For seven had made her their wife. And Jesus answered and said to them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage, but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain the world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Neither do they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and the children of God being the children of the resurrection. Mm, That's powerful stuff. Now, verse 37, he says, now that the dead are raised, you don't believe it, but I'm telling you, this is what happens. The dead 
are raised. Even Moses showed us that at the bush when he called the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live unto him. It was the God of Isaac, which means Isaac still had a God. Isaac was not, the the Bible was not talking about the testimony of Isaac. It was talking about the God of Isaac. Okay? So I want you to kind of understand that, that even though we read things that were accounts, read the whole account and understand the whole account, Jesus said, this is what happened. Y'all just don't know this because y'all think that the way most people you live and then you die and that's because the Bible says there is appointed unto man once to die, and after that death comes the judgment. So it's something that happens after the judgment. And judgment is an interesting word. It doesn't mean and then the doom and gloom. Judgment means the view of a thing. The way God sees it, the way God functions from that judgment, okay? So if, if you haven't done according to the word of God, not according to how you feel, what you like, if you haven't done according to the word of God, there's appointed unto you once to die, and then after that, judgment, the way God says it's going to be. You could have lived a life that says that you did all of the the good things that were required of man. I don't know if that's uh, going to benefit you because if you didn't do anything that God requires of you, man's not the one going to judge you. Amen. So here you are, you're making all of the people happy and doing things that cause the people to, to, to say your name over and over and over again and, 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 and laud your name. Well, if you didn't do what God says, he says, okay, after you, after you die, then it's going to come the way God judges the thing, the way God's looking at it. After death, then the judgment. And those that have been found words, Jesus said, they will, and this is a, a good way of, of looking at this. I hadn't saw that. It says, um, verse 36, neither can they die anymore. They are equal to the angels. I'm sorry, verse 35. But they which are counted worthy to obtain that world. Notice you're not just obtaining a feeling. You're going to obtain something that is tangible something that you can experience. Those that are worthy of uh, uh, to be accounted, that are counted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead. See, there are two things God's going to allow you to participate in. That place, his kingdom, his dominion, in a, on a, a level that you've never even thought about before, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can imagine. You're going to obtain that world, and you're not going to have to obtain. Oh, just look at this. It's what it says. I'm just reading what it says. Verse uh, 35 of chapter 20. It says they would be worthy to obtain. It didn't say they would be worthy to think about, did it? Amen. 
this is not theoretical. This is real. Like I said before, ham where I am, steak on my plate. This is not pie in the sky. These are not cunningly devised fables. That they who are talented worthy to obtain that world, that order of things. Okay, let's try it this way. There was a word here that said obtain. It didn't just say view, did it? It said to obtain. Why is that important? Because uh, you don't do what's necessary according to what his word says, then you will not obtain. You will get to look at. Remember in, 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 uh, in, in Luke, uh, when he was talking about chapter 16, when he was talking about um, Lazarus, and the, the the beggar they called him Lazarus and the uh, rich ruler, and it says that when the, the the rich person died, he saw he saw. Please note that. Okay, see, I, I I referenced this, but I want you to see it and understand this. Okay, let's 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 go back over here and just look at some of these things. See, um, chapter sixteen. You can come. We'll come back to. Uh, this uh, what that, that the scripture that took us over there in in, in chapter twenty, but um, verse nineteen and following, okay. And I want you, if we're gonna show you this is not etherical, this is real life stuff. Verse nineteen, there was a okay, there was a certain rich man. Okay, whenever you're looking at a parable, and um, they they give names. They say a certain, that was not a figurative, was it? He said, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came. They had mercy on him because there's healing in the, uh, 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 the licking of a dog. That's why you will see a dog always licking on himself. To Not only is it for clinging, it is also for healing. Okay? They will go and eat. I've seen this in my time. They will go and eat grass and then take the, 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 the substance, that residue that remains in their mouth, and they will use that for healing. You see that in, in, in Revelation chapter 22. It says that the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. There are a chemical releases that is in the, the living organic plants. Okay? Just as a, so that you can see that, how this whole thing works. It says that the, the dogs had mercy on the man. They came and licked his sores. All right? Okay, just so that we see it, I want you to understand. It didn't say they uh, they were trying to get blood out of the sores. Amen. They were looking for another purpose. They had mercy on the man. I don't know. You can see some things that's very interesting about dogs. When When you're not feeling good and you have a dog, your dog will come next to you. He'll just find his way over to you and lay down beside you. Why? Because if you would allow him, if he could, could, could find out what's problem is, is happening, if it's internal, there's nothing he can do, can't lick internally. But he will come near you. 
okay? That's just a God-ordained thing. They, 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 are, they are showing compassion, if you would, okay? I'm not saying that, that, that uh, I'm not trying to have a doctrine of healing dogs. Not what I'm talking about here, okay? I'm talking about the way God set things in motion, that everything is supposed to work together, work in concert, okay, for your good. says, and the, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried, into, and carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. I want you to see this. There's so many distinctions that you got to pay attention to. It says that the, the beggar died and he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and he was buried. Okay? I just want you to get that. See, it was in there for a reason. Don't, don't, don't run over words when you see them. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So it says that the man that was buried still had the ability to see. And he said he can see afar off. Amen. He had recollection. He knew Abraham. He knew Lazarus. So then that tells me, just from this scripture, that um, your, your, your senses are more acute after death than they were before. He had never known Abraham. Amen. But in hell, he had cognition to say, that's Abraham. He had eyesight that said, reminded him of who Lazarus was. Hell. So that tells me some of the, the, the memory faculties were functioning. The eyesight was functioning at a greater level. He said he saw Abraham being afar off. You know, like we, we, we got 2020 vision, which is supposed to be the good stuff. It didn't say he saw him close. He said he saw him what? Afar off. Verse 24, and he was able to talk. Let's look at it. Here it is. These are, these are the words that are in red in your Bible, which means Jesus said this. And he talked. He cried and said. So then th- th- there's not going to be just a time of, 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 of mumbling and, and, and moaning. He said this was a full conversation. Was it, is, am I reading correctly? He said he cried and said. Audible legible words he said father abraham well let me just ask you a question here y'all okay um he saw abraham from afar off and his voice was in a manner that even being afar off abraham could still hear him come on y'all look at all of the little hidden things that's right here in this scripture okay he cried to Abraham, who was afar off, and said, Have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he might dip the, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. So then he, he was experiencing thirst. 
He was experiencing uh, uh, torment, pain. All right? Just so that you get this. This is not you're dead and you're gone. Okay? We got to kind of get past this. See, when you understand some of the things that God is saying, then you will recognize that his word does live and abide forever, even in hell. Amen. That he might cool the tip of his he didn't even ask he didn't even ask Abraham to send Lazarus with a cup. This was so bad to the man that he said just the tip of his finger being dipped. He didn't dip his whole hand. He said just the tip of the thought of something that's cool would make me be able to, to, to stop and take a rest. He said, just take the, 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 the tip of it, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember thou, he's again speaking to the ability to retrieve information here. Remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things. Likewise, Lazarus received evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. Then he said, if that wasn't enough, beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that we which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And then uh, 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 he said, well, then let me tell you, if that's the way it is, it, it, it could be said that way, well, then would you do me this favor? I pray thee that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they should come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to the man that was rich and had all this, look at this, this was a rich man, and he was still thinking of having servants, so now he's going to ask uh, uh, Abraham to send a servant to his to his father's house. See, the way you think, God knows it, and he's going to allow us to understand that our thinking just really does not measure up or work. Even in hell, this man is trying to make Lazarus his servant. He said, Abraham said to him in verse 29, they have Moses. And the prophets, let them hear them. And this man said, no, no, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they would repent. And he said unto him, if they won't hear Moses, and if they won't hear the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So he, he he's trying to show us a couple of things here. He didn't want the spreading of the gospel is not for angels. Glory to God. It's for us. That's why Jesus said, go ye, teach, make, baptize. You are authorized to do this. See? This is, this is going to be the voice that we should pay attention to, the ones that are here, the ones that we can see. 
Yes, they have a testimony, and they are inviting you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. This is the good part of this. They are inviting you into their testimony. That's why Jesus told us to go and to make disciples, because as we go, we are inviting them into our testimony. Amen. We're not trying to tell them to please hear this. We're not trying to tell them to stay out of the torment. We're inviting them into our testimony. Amen. See, we've kind of been doing this backwards. See, so why seek ye the living among the dead? Your testimony, because you are alive and have the uh, the covenant with God that gives you the ability to speak and see your words come to pass. Amen. The angels don't have that. They have to say, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Because he's the one that lives forever. See, he was and is and is to come. See, so again, his word is still alive and active because he's still alive and active. Abraham said, no, 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 no. They need to hear a word that is all, that's going to endure time. They have the prophets. They have Moses. See? So if they won't hear them, they won't believe one, even though he was raised from the dead. Why? Because it's not in the cards that way. So then again, I ask the question, why do we think that it would be a good idea for us to go and try to talk to the dead, get our information from someone that's dead, that has gone on? Because he said, there is a great gulf. Okay, just so that you get it here, just so I, I mean... Come on, y'all, listen. Verse 26. Even though he would want to to, to tell them uh, all of the good stuff, he said, but I can't because there is a, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. This is not a a gulf that's going to be movable. It's a fixed gulf. And why is it there fixed? So that they which would pass from here to you Cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from where you are. Okay, so this thing is already in motion. It, you can probably say <clears throat> that there were a lot of other people that had this same conversation. But then the truth of it is they can't get there. I mean, I could probably dig into that right there. Because uh, the Bible teaches us there's a thing called familiar spirits. And and, and what happens there is that um, there are some projections going on that we think we understand. So then um, we, 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 we garner information that says, okay, this is what it's like here, and, and, and we want you not to do that. He said even if one could do that, even if that could happen, they still won't. Believe Jesus said that. Since there's nothing I can do about uh, changing their uh, uh, future, my best thing to do is to find out what he said about my future. That's not a, a lack of compassion. That's an increase of truth. Okay, I'll say that again. That's not a lack of compassion. It's an increase of truth. God says my people are destroyed for one reason and one reason only, a lack of knowledge. They just didn't understand. They didn't comprehend. See? Jesus came and he spoke 
while he was alive, and it said the darkness that they were in did not let them comprehend. He went to his own, his own received him not. See, they wouldn't believe, even though he was telling them, because he was alive. Wow. He was alive and the one that made hell. So then his word concerning hell is still alive, isn't it? He said these things to them while he was walking the streets. And he said, no, you, you, you can't go to, 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 to help your people out. Oh, we know they're in torment, so much so that they are willing in this torment to exchange it for a dip of a finger. In, he didn't even say, whoa, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. Just look at this. I'm just seeing things here. He said that he, in verse 24, he says, if he would dip the tip of the finger in water and just cool my tongue. He didn't say put cold nothing on it. He said just the, the, the memory of something that's cool. See? So, yeah, I, I can't do that because that's not the way it works. So, and, you know, and, and I, I, I speak these things because I know about some traditions that we would have. And primarily, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these deceptions come out of a church, uh, probably you would know it from the Roman Catholic Church because they they start and they say prayers starting Hail Mary, full of grace. No, Mary was not full of grace. Jesus is the one that's full of grace. All right, so then here they are. They're trying to uh, make the thing work when it was not set up to work that way. That's why the, the Halloween celebration is in the throes of what they called All Saints Day. See? They, they, they were trying to um, communicate with the dead. Okay? Sometimes, just to make me feel better, you know, when my mother passed, went on to be with the Lord, my conversation comes from a position of thank you for the information that you gave me. And I'll enter it. See, I don't have to try to talk to her and see what was for me to do. She can't get to me. All I should hear is the words that she told me while she was here. I mean, there's been plenty of times in my life that, that, that I'm, you know, I was in a bad situation or uh, some frustration, and I said, okay, what? And I would hear just as clear uh, the, 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 the understanding of the words that my mother imparted to me. And I would say, yeah, yeah, that's what you said. See, that was, that was in my soul that was locked there. And so then I heard those words that had been spoken over and over and over and over and over and over again. So then those words now became alive to my spirit because I'm interested in them. I didn't have to go and, and light a candle and, and, and do all kind of interesting things to try to conjure up my, my, my mother's spirit so I can hear. Those words are alive in me. I can hear uh, you shouldn't do that over and over again because I was raised up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Lord's the one that told her to tell me. See? 
So then I go back and I hear the word that has already been established in my soul. And then I say, yeah, you're right. This information would please my mother because she can see. The Bible says there's a great cloud of witnesses, okay? They're looking over heaven's uh, walls or gates, if you would. They can't talk to me. Not good for me to be listening for them to talk to me. He gave me the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of me, that is alive on the inside of me. Why would I just throw that whole exchange away and try to hear something from someone that has already gone on to receive their glory? Come on, y'all. I'm trying to say this again. This was not uh, uh, about a hard howling, hard-hearted, no compassion. This was about the, the establishment of truth, which is greater. Okay? So that's what I'm, 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 I'm speaking to. I am not condemning uh, 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 people that, that don't know truth. The only reason that they are going to come into uh, destruction is because of a lack of knowledge. So the, the devil will use that lack of knowledge. He will use that lie. He will use that hurt, harm, and void, and he will use that for his advantage. He only comes to steal, kill, destroy. He didn't come so that you can hear a word that was spoken by. He didn't come for that. See what I'm saying? So, so hear my heart. I'm not uh, upset because you were duped by your emotions. You were duped by a connection that has already gone on to this. It's already come to this fruition. There's a great gulf so that they which are on this side can't go to that side, and they which is on that side can't come to this side. A great gulf. Since that's what he said, I'm going to have to align myself with that. And so, so the Holy Ghost... Your job, Jesus said, is to lead me into the truth. So then, thank you. I can now learn to depend on you. The same way I was given adherence to my mother, to my father, to my auntie, to my grandmother. I'm going to learn to listen at you. See? I'm going to give ear to that. Amen. Yes, the word of God can be uh, remembered and entered into by the voice of one that spoke in the stead of God. Yes, like I say, I can hear my father say things. It was a it was a a, a norm for my father when we would go up to visit because he I was in down in Atlanta and he was in Gary, Indiana, and there was a thing that he would say every time, all the time. When you leave the house, he would tell you, "Take the good Lord with you." Those were like his parting words. See, why? Because he wanted you to have the thought process of God is in the midst of the thing. Whatever I'm going through, wherever I'm going to, God is in the midst of it. So then I need to acknowledge him. Isn't that what it says in Proverbs chapter 3? It says that I'm not supposed to lean to my own understanding, but in all of my ways I'm supposed to acknowledge him. And as I do that, he would then direct my path with an S. So my daddy would say it every time, take the Lord, take the good Lord with you. That was like the last thing I would hear. And then I was driving away from the house, and um, <clears throat> the, the first turn that was available to me was almost two blocks away. And my father would specifically 
on purpose. Walk out into the street so that he can see us as we turn that corner. And as I left his presence, I can hear him praying and saying, Lord, keep them. Lord, strengthen them. Lord, I can hear him saying those things, and I would know that he was still saying those prayers for me as I was driving out of his sight. So that his last thought process and my last thought process of him would be connecting to God. Okay? So I can still hear those words. (laughs) They are still active in my soul and can be transferred to my spirit because they will come through the faith that was imparted by hearing the word because faith comes that way. So, you know, I'm not supposed to seek after information from, from the dead. The information is already alive on the inside of me. His word will not return to him, boy. But it will prosper in the thing. It will not prosper for the thing. It prospers, it prospers in the thing. Okay? So, so he's not a God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Okay? He was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of, not the God that used to be with, the God of. See? So when you read these accounts, um, what Jesus was using, and people would say it was a parable, but again, a parable does not uh, does not specifically name people. This was an account, okay? So um, uh, I just like the things, I go back and remind you that I found that the things that spring up from life tend to life. Amen. The things that my father would say to me that were scripturally based for my future, those are things that sprang up from life, and because they sprang up from life, they will always tend to life. Amen. The things that come from a dead place stay in the past. You know, my, my father rarely said things like um, to me like, when I was your age, okay? Because now he's basically, if you see that, he's basically speaking from his past. He doesn't want me to to go into trouble, yes, but he was referring to that place that he's already come from. He would say things that I, you know, my father was not a saint in in his past. He became sanctified and rather live there than live in his past. But he will say things and say, wow, I know what God delivered me from because, and then he could give you the story from there. See, because he's saying it from the life of deliverance. Sometimes I've heard it in in praise services that the people would sometimes, some way, glorify what they went through as opposed to the place that they've been delivered to, okay? I'm not mad because 
uh, 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 God has delivered you. I appreciate that. It can help me to grow. As you tell me about expectation and hope, okay? But if you're just going to uh, uh, revisit a thing, sometimes, yeah, come on now. I can see that. Uh, Sometimes as we revisit it, we get kind of puffed up in the thing that we were able to do, you know? And that's not what God is trying to to get you to, to resurrect. He wants you to live in the resurrected life because Jesus gave you information after. He told us, again, we just saw this. We just saw this in, in, in 20. It says that uh, those that have been found worthy to obtain, okay, so we get it. They that were found worthy to obtain two things. What are they going to obtain? Remember, chapter 20, okay, so that we can see it, understand it. Verse um, 35, those which were counted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, okay? Not those that just continue to revisit all of the old stuff that I did. In fact, in Hebrews, it it says that's not a good thing because if they would have uh, thought about the place that they came from, it says they would have an occasion to return to it. Mm -hmm. See, as we live by faith, then we live, uh, turn to Galatians chapter 2. Again, I, I, I'm just hearing, you know, the things that that we need to kind of deal with, say, so that so that we can enjoy what God has for us, and everything He has for us is in front of us. He calls us into that. So in in in, in Galatians chapter two, verse twenty and following. See, this is the hope that's set before us. Verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. He didn't say Christ visits me, did he? He says, I'm aware that Christ lives in me. See, it's one thing to make him Savior. It's another thing to make him Lord. See? So there are people that would uh, allow visitations. Yes, I was moved by the Holy Ghost. I, I had a goosebump here and, and a great feeling there. Okay, I appreciate that. I am not knocking that. But that's not the sum total of the thing. Paul says, this is what I have. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And not only does he live in me, now, since that is a reality, since that is a truth, now I'm going to cause that truth to be seen, visible by all. Men supposed to see my good works so that they can glorify God. He says, and now, the life that I live in the flesh, that life is a life that I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, there is a surrender. That's one of the things that I'm finding out. That the, the, the kingdom of God has invitation and surrender. 
See, if you're invited to the party, then you're going to have to surrender to the uh, the rules, regulations, if you would, of the house that is holding the party. Amen. You're invited to the party, but you can't do what you did in your house at this house. Amen. The first thing they should tell you is what is allowed in this house. You come to my father's house. My father didn't have a problem with anybody coming to the house for a fellowship. But in my father's house, there was not going to be no drinking and there was not going to be no smoking. Not because there were no cigarettes and no alcohol. That's the rules of this house. There was not going to be no cussing in this house. That was the rules of this house. (laughs) My father did things. I thought they were mean, but they were still the rules of this house. There were words that you couldn't say in his house. They weren't necessarily cuss words, but they were unholy words. There was a song. Uh, that the Isley brothers said and uh, 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 would sing. And uh, you couldn't play that song in my father's house. It was not your thing. You could not do what you want to do. Not in my father's house. See? You, you just, you couldn't do that. He was trying to get us to think from a different perspective. And then he would tell us the better thing for you to do is to remember that when you leave this house, you are still a lead. So if you don't do it here, you shouldn't do it anyplace else. That's a rule for the ones that lived in that house. That was one of the reasons in my stupidity I said, let me get away from Gary so I can do what I want to do. No, but the rules that you were raised with, they kind of stay with you. Because I got down here, and it was certain things. I said, I can't do that. I just can't. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't. That's not for me. Why? Because the rules that I grew up with were shaping my future. Okay? <laughs> Make it funky. No, that's not, you couldn't sing that song in my house. You probably could have sang Make It Holy. That would have went. You're trying to... Go the invitation and surrender. That's gonna always be in the kingdom of God. If I if I give over to if I give myself over to the enemy, then I'm going to then allow what the enemy wants to to allow in my life. But if I'm going to give myself over to holiness, then whatever God has planned for me, I will get to enjoy it. Not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. So if I'm going to say that he's my Lord, and I'm going to do like I want to do, then he just told me that is frustrating the grace of God. See, I thought for a long time that the grace was for my mistakes. No, the grace is an empowerment from heaven to cause me to be able to do the things that I did not know how to do. I can now do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? He's given me the grace to make it past the things that have been causing me all of these issues. It was not he's given. We should not Think about trying to live in sloppy agape. Because after all, God knows my heart. 
No, let's try it the other way. God strengthens your heart, okay, so that you will then be able to walk away from things you didn't walk away from before. You will know that the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't frustrate this grace. I I get to grow in this grace. I I get to enjoy this grace. See, I I shouldn't frustrate it. Because as I participate in frustrating the grace of God, then the same thing that happened for Samson will happen in my life. God graced him, gave him the ability to do things he did not do. And so then he was killing 10,000 people because they were uh, operating contrary to the word of God. And then he began to participate in the things that he shouldn't. He participated in, in conniving, lying. Delilah, who wasn't his wife, by the way, well, actually, that's what he said. Uh, Samson called Delilah my heifer. Yeah, that's what he said about her. If you hadn't uh, kept plowing with my heifer, then you wouldn't know these things that you know that you shouldn't know. Because she kept asking me and needling me and trying to get me to tell her how it is that, 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 that I have this enormous strength, how it is that I have these victories that God keeps giving me. It was because there was a word spoken, a vow that he took that he should not cut his hair. Okay? And so then as long as he continued to function in that, he, the, the presence of God was with him. But Delilah cut the hair, and it said these words. And Samson arose to do what he always did because he wished not that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. He didn't know that he had frustrated the grace till the grace was no longer available. Okay? And then, so he went to do what he was supposed to do and got the snot beat out of him. They, they were able to uh, 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 corral him, arrest him. And then they gouged out his eyes. Why did they gouge out his eyes? Because they didn't want him to ever see clearly again. They want, mm, that's good, sir. They wanted him to remember the pain that they put him in. There was no new vision for him. Without a vision, the people perished. So he was languishing in a place where he could not see anymore. That's what they wanted for him. Okay? Because with a vision, a fresh word from God, then you can overcome. Come on, Jesus. You can overcome every situation, obstacle that's set before you because God will give you the sight that's necessary, the steps that you're supposed to take. The word is a lamp and a light to your path and to your feet. He will give you what's necessary for you to get out. But because you have frustrated the grace of God, you're not learning to, you're not acclimating yourself to participate in the grace that's already there. And so then in that bad position that, that he was in, he began to say, okay, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to now see by the victories that he's always given me. And so then he said, Lord, just one more time. If you can just do what you've done with me, if you can just do what you've done through me one more time. And God granted that because he was now looking through the eye of faith. 
He was not looking through the eye of pity and sorrow and anguish. See? He, he recognized, if you would, he recognized his purpose on the earth. Well, it was not for his enjoyment. It was so that people will know that there is a God in the earth, a God that is going to deal with the sin that's seen in the earth. All of the enemies of God. That, that's our job. We're not supposed to be fraternizing with the enemies of God. But there are times in our lives where we just go on and say, you know, well, again, God knows my heart. Now, again, he strengthens your heart if you would allow it so that he can have testimony in the earth so that men will see your good works and they will start talking about God since they will glorify God. Didn't even say you have to send them to a glorification school. Hallelujah. It says that when you start living this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me, gave himself for me. See? He he was not just doing it so that I can uh, 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 say things. I have to recognize that there was an exchange. He loved me, gave himself for me so that I can then enjoy, endure, and experience the grace that's going to strengthen me to win. This is what God has in store for us. If we stop frustrating the grace of God, doing things that, 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 that life did not say do. Existence might say do it, but life didn't say do it. Jesus says, after John 10, 10, he says in the last part, he says, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come. I love that. That's perfect present tense. Not I will come, I am come. Why are you here? Why am you here? <laughs> so that you might have life and that you might have that life more abundantly. See? He wants you to be have it to the full, overflowing, nothing missing, nothing broken. See? He's inviting you into that, but you will not be able to participate and or enjoy if you don't surrender. There's always going to be in the kingdom of God, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, invitation and surrender. If you're unwilling to surrender, then the invitation, even though you acknowledge that it was there, cannot work. Because I'm going to be a rebel in the house of the blesser. See? That's not the way it was set up for. He's wanting to, come on now, according to Psalms uh, 69, 68, 19, he wants to load you with benefits daily. He wants to, he's not, he is not a stingy giver. Amen. He wants you to have so much that, the way it says in the 23rd Psalm, is that your cup is going to overflow. You will begin to live off of that which is caught in the saucer because the cup is continually overflowing. Amen. See? He wants you to live in that 
more abundant life. And here we are trying to bargain with him and throwing away the blessing that he wants to overflow in our lives because we frustrate the grace. God says, no, I don't want to do that. See, it's not about me. It's Christ that lives there. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He didn't say if my words visit every once in a while. If on, on, the, on the first Sunday of the month you go and you, you fellowship, and on the third Saturday of the month you do the right things, on the, on the sixth Wednesday. Come on, y'all. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be abiding. He that abideth under the shadow of the Almighty. See? He, he wants to have a perpetual relationship. Not one that is stalled, frustrated. He wants to have a perpetual relationship, going from glory to glory. Amen. It didn't say go from glory to failure, from glory to frustration. He said we should go from glory to glory. Perpetual. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not visit it once in a while and then shout three hallelujahs because you saw something work out. How about every place that the soles of your feet are tread? He's given it to you. See, that's a perpetual relationship. He told that to Joshua before he told him that every place the soles of your feet were tread, as I've been with Moses, so shall I be with you. There shall not be any man able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's perpetual relationship. That's what he's inviting us into, but it's going to require of us the surrender of the things that we thought we wanted to do, that we wanted to have. See, again, unto him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all you can ask or think, according to the power that what? Works in you. Relationship. Not the power that you saw. He said the power that's working. Glory to God. This is not, come on, this is not just today's power. This is not last hour's power. This is not even the last minute's power. This is the power that is working in you. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't frustrate the grace of God. Those things that spring up from life tend to life, but the things that come from the dead seem to stay in the past. When God delivers someone, their testimony is still alive because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the one that was and is and is to come. An active word remains alive, but a recorded word has come to pass. I want you to get that. A recorded word has come to pass. It didn't come to stay. A live word came to stay. A recorded word came to pass. That's why we we found out you cannot live on another man's testimony. The word did come, but it came to pass. It's an invitation. Okay? But then you're going to have to give up whatever stopping you from flowing through that invitation. I said through that invitation. 
Okay, just as a, a point of reference, you go to a, 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 a job interview, and they give you the job. That job now represents the invitation that was given you for prosperity, right? But if you don't follow the rules that they have in that house, that invitation will be rescinded, won't it? You'll get the little pink notice. Why? Because you didn't follow the rules of the house, whatever those rules are. Okay? So with invitation comes surrender. When you get the job, now you can't just come to the job when you want to. The rules of the, of the house say they want you there from this time to this time. They need for you to do assignments A, B, C, whatever that is. And if you just come by cause of the invitation, but you're not willing to live by the, the rules of the house, then that invitation is going to be rescinded. You have been found to frustrate the grace See? So then we don't want to continue to do that spiritually. So that I, I really can't blame uh, 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 the house for the rules that they had already established before I got there, can I? Amen. See? It, it would behoove me to, to purview the rules and regulations so that after the invitation has been accepted, I will know how to function there. That's why he says stuff like study to show yourself approved unto God, one that can work without being ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Understanding where you stand, how you will stand, how you will win. Rightly divide the word of truth. Because he's the one, again, he wants to daily load you down. He didn't say just a little bit. He said load you down. Come on, come on. When, when I think of loading down blessings, I, I immediately go to, to, to Peter when he was out all night fishing, didn't catch nothing. And Jesus said, did you catch any fish? And he said, no, we've been toiling all night. And Jesus said, would you put your nets over here on the right side? And he said, well, you, maybe you didn't hear me, Jesus. I said, we've been here all night, didn't catch nothing. Tell you what, though, at your word, I'm going to do it. Nevertheless, at your word. He put his nets on the other side. Next thing you know, it says the nets begin to sink, begin to break. Excuse me. The nets begin to break because of the abundance of fish. And in trying to bring the fish into the boat, he said his boat began to sink. I mean, not only will he, come on, y'all, not only will he fill your nets, he'll sink your boat. Glory to God. Daily loads you down with benefits. So much so that Peter said, I, mean, I got some partners, and nobody was out here did any good this night. So come here, partners, come on over here. And, and there's so much abundance working in my life. Come. And know what happened after that? It says they began to sink they both too. Glory to God. This is the power that God wants to work in your life, through your life. Because you understand that the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. I'm not going to stop the flow. God needs to bless the people in your life, and he wants to use you as the channel through which that blessing will flow. But here we've made decisions that we're going to do it our way and frustrate. So I'm asking you to, 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 to stop that process. 
say, to allow God to do what he set up to do. He sent his word to you to heal you and to deliver you from all of your destruction. You remember that blind Bartimaeus, I tried tried to bring this up last time. Blind Bartimaeus came and he was healed. Oh, he said, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. And Jesus, who is full of that mercy, did. And blind Bartimaeus was healed. One active word in his life caused healing for his life. But through that, nobody else got what was given to blind Bartimaeus. The only person that day that received healing because of the words that were said was blind Bartimaeus. That was his testimony. But his testimony was recorded not living. Okay? Just want you to see that. The process and the effect are different. The process of getting him his healing was there. But the effect of healing others could not be released by him. That had to be trained. That had to be trained, experienced, and spoken into his life, over his life, for others. Okay? It must be personal. That's why I was saying you can't live out another person's victory. You cannot borrow a promise. You you remember Acts chapter uh, 19, and that's when 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 um, the seven sons of Sceva, and we looked at that. So just go back there again and just kind of pick that up. And it it it, it says, um, starting at verse eleven, and it says that God wrought special miracles at the hand. By the hands of Paul, okay? Who did the who did the working or wrought the miracles? God did. Did it say Paul did this? No, it didn't. It says that there was a deposit made for Paul in his life. God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. And those miracles were that so that from the body, from his body, were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and and, and the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Okay? God wrought that. It was a promise that was spoken to Paul so that he can release it. See, this is the effect of it being now activated. He received a word. There are words that God has spoken into your life that must be fulfilled by you through the invitation and sacrifice. I mean, God's waiting on you to, to, to acknowledge and then he will direct your path. There were wrought special miracles by the hand of God. Okay? Verse 13, And certain of the vagabond Jews, who were exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, uh, evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying this, We adjure you by this Jesus who Paul preaches. 
So they, they tried to live out on another man's revelation. This was not something that was spoken over their lives or revealed to them. They were just wanting to be imitators for whatever the reasons are. Sometimes people do things so that they can enter into what they think is glamour and glory, but they don't know the cost for that glory. So then they have no, re- they have no spigot for it to be released through. Amen. Amen. It said, Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. It didn't say freely you can steal so that you can freely give. That was not their revelation. It was not imparted unto them. It was seen by them, but seeing does not make it so. Amen. Uh, you do remember what happened in the book of James says it this way. It says that uh, the devils in heaven, excuse me, the devils in hell know that there is one God and they tremble. It says they know, they've seen this. But it doesn't uh, work for their lives, does it? Even though they saw it, they know him as the only true and living God. They know him that way. But it didn't bless them because they couldn't receive it. Okay? To those who received him, to them gave he power to become sons. Okay, come on, y'all. Just look at that. That's what Jesus said. John chapter 1. For those that received him, he went to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons. He gave them the power to become. He did not give us Come on, let's look at this now. He did not give them power to imitate. He gave them power to become. See, if I'm not going to live it out, if I'm not going to live it out, I shouldn't try to dish it out. Amen. Amen. If it's not part of my life, it should not be part of my expression. I hope you're hearing this. Because a lot of times we see stuff and we want it for whatever the reasons, but we didn't make it part of our life. If you're not going to live it, you cannot release it. Amen. It's invitation and sacrifice. See? They they said, we adjure you in the name of the Lord Jesus, by this this Jesus who Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, seven sons of one Sceva, left-handed man, a Jew, a chief of the priests. Wait a minute now. Okay. This was the, he, he was, he was a person that worked in the synagogue. Come on, so that you can see what's happening. He was the chief of the priests. Okay? He had the the position. Woo! He had the position, but he didn't have the possession. (laughs) Okay? See? And that's real, y'all. There are people that will have the... There are some that were sent, some that just went. They have the position, but they don't have the possession. It's not lived out in their life. Again, we're supposed to invite people from the residue. My cup is running over. Amen. 
be filled with the Spirit so that that which is running over, that which is in abundance in your life, will then bless the others, invite them into the ability to surrender to the will of God, to the word of God, to the love of God. There were seven sons of one left-handed Jew and chief of the priests, which did this. And, verse 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? And the man whom the evil spirit uh, was in leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So you can't live off of someone else's revelation, someone else's blessing. That's not what the kingdom of God has set up for us. When the revelation is assigned and accepted, then it flows. It has to be revealed, assigned, accepted. The revelation, just because God said it to you, if you didn't accept it, then you, it can't work for you, can't work through you. If you're going to say it and think that I'll display it, you know, because there was a, a, a guy that, that, that tried to work miracles, and then uh, Paul came to him, and he said, oh, I, I, can, I can cause this man to, to be healed. And Paul said, you're in trouble. You, you, you're going to end up, you are cursing yourself. And now you're going to be blind. Why? Because you're trying to function uh, in a realm you don't even know how to get there. See? He was, a, he was one that was a soothsayer. And so then he thought he could get the, the gift of the Holy Ghost by uh, uh, buying it, by purchasing it. So we, we, we go after things that we don't understand. Because of the notoriety that we seem to say, oh, this means that people will accept me. No, 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 no. Jesus was full of life, and they didn't accept him. Amen. Because he didn't go into the the covenant relationship with his father to be accepted. He went into that covenant relationship with the father to be obedient. Nevertheless, not my will, but... Thine be done. This is what we talked about before I even came here. I, I, I came so that I can seek and save those that are. I, I came for them. I didn't come for approval because I know that, that as I lay down my life, that means people are probably going to walk over that thing that I've laid down. But I came to obey you because without this obedience, they can't come in. I'm the door. So that means that people are going to be able to come in and go out. They're going to, yes, use me to get to you. Because I told them they can't get to you without going through me. So they're going to use me. I become the, 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 the instrument that's going to allow them to get to you. I expect to be used. See, most of the time, that's not the way we approach ministry life. And, 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 and our life is ministry. Ministry means the word help, okay? And we're supposed to help the people that are blind to see, 
the people that are hurt to be healed. That's why Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he's anointed me to speak to people, to heal people, to cause people to recover, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That, that he's anointed me for this. That's my service through obedience to him. See, so you can't, you can't borrow a revelation. It, it, it has to be worked into your life so that it can flow out of your life. So then when you think that you want to have things to happen in your life, the good and the perfect and the acceptable, then you're going to have to renew. That's what it says in Romans chapter 12. You're going to have to renew your mind so that you can prove something, so that the tests that come at you uh, move you, you will be one standing there having done all to stand, stand, because you are saying this will be proved in my life. I'm not going to move because they're talking about me. I'm not going to be dissuaded because they rejected me. I'm going to allow the word of God that's renewed in my heart. I'm going to let that word that's renewed in my mind prove what is acceptable, what is perfect. I'm going to let that happen. Whatever the process is needed, I'm going to allow it because I'm already looking at the end result. When my mind is renewed, I'll be able to prove what is acceptable. I'll be able to prove what is good. I'll be able to prove what is perfect. It it, it will not be an accident, glory to God. I won't try to function under faith accidents. I will be one that can prove it. No, I'm not releasing it because I want to. It's in there and God can cause it to flow through me. I can prove it. The goodness of the Lord is what's causing people to come to repentance. And they will be able to see in my life that goodness is flowing. In, 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 he said, Paul, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? If you try to live on another man's reputation and or make a reputation for yourself, then the pride that you are functioning in on either end will be the thing that dismisses you from the flow of God. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 says, The just must live by his faith. Even Paul said it again, that the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. See? That's the faith that I have, knowing that he's given himself for me. So it wasn't about, it's not my pride that's now being puffed up. It's my surrender that is evidently seen. Invitation and surrender. When it's personal, it produces provision. But if it's done just to be public, then it only provides placement. People see you as one who should. Personal produces provision. Public provides placement. 
If I haven't sacrificed, I've still been placed in the position that should, you know, Jesus uh, came to a fig tree because he saw that he knew that it was the, he knew that the fig tree should produce fruit because the fruit comes off onto the fig tree first. The leaves protect the fruit. Okay, I need for you to get that. When you see the leaf, that's telling you the fruit should be on there. Jesus went to the fig tree expecting to take the fruit because the leaves say that the fruit has been developed. So then you say you are a, a son of God. So people come to you expecting fruit. Okay, I want you to get that. Then you get there, and because that day somebody said something that got on your nerves. See, you didn't want to prove the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You didn't want to prove it. You wanted to rather some kind of way enjoy it rather than because people come for fruit because the fruit's on the tree. They want to partake of the fruit. That's why they come to the tree. But if they come to the tree and the fruit's not there, body of Christ operating in unforgiveness, operating in judgment. See, they came to the tree, but the tree looked like every other tree that's around them. And they said, well, I thought this was a different tree. I thought this was a righteous tree. No, that's not what they ended up with because that tree did not produce any fruit. See? He's expecting you to do that because when it's personal, it produces provision. So uh, the, the rest of, of that, it says that the, the man was going to prayer and he said, I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me. I just love that. God always causes your senses to align with his word. Notice he said he's going to stand and he's going to watch to see what is said. Amen. He's going to observe the word because the word spoken is going to give instructions for life. He's standing in prayer watching to see what is said. Okay, and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And then the Lord said, write down the vision. Write down what you hear. Write down what you see. Make it plain. He said, write it down. Make it plain. If I just write it down because I heard it, to me it might not yet be plain. It might not be something that I'm really pursuing. I'm just glad I heard it, but I'm not wanting to do it. Haven't you had some of those things that you thought God said to you and you had goosebumps and all that and you didn't do nothing with it because you didn't follow through? He told Joshua that this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Why? So that you can observe to do. You'll see how to do. I know you didn't get it the first 27 times, but stay, keep your eye on the word, and you will observe to do. You'll see how to do it. Write down the vision. Make it plain. Why? So that they that see it 
can run with it. Write it upon, make it plain upon the tables. Okay, tables. When you write it upon tables, see they didn't have they didn't have paper, so they had to etch things in stone generally. Okay, even if you use wood, okay, it still had to be etched in. It was not something that is easily removable, easily dismissed, because I took the time to etch it in stone, to etch it in wood. See? So then the tables of your heart, the Bible says your your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So say it, confess it over and over again until it becomes part. It becomes interwoven by your soul into your spirit. Amen. It becomes inseparable. You and that which has been written on your heart becomes inseparable. You are there to prove what is good, what is perfect, and what is acceptable. Write it, make it plain upon tables that he that readeth may he that run he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But the end shall speak. I love that. Last week we kind of dug into that. He said the end of the thing, the 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 the, the um the results that the promise gave you. He says that's what I want you to meditate on. The results that the promise gave you, because he says the end shall speak and it shall not lie. The end, the results are what you should be paying attention to, not the trial, beloved. There's a lot of times that we pay more attention to the trial than we do to the promise that the end has given us. He say, pay attention to that because the end is going to speak and the end will not lie. See, God watches over his word to perform it. He hastens that. Okay? But if you've already given up on it, then are you looking at the end? I would submit not. I would say that you're letting your right now move you away from the end that's speaking. He says the end will speak and the end will not lie. Oh, beloved, we've got to stop seeking the living among the dead, things that that we've allowed to our hearts to to die and, and, and not we haven't kept stirred them up and kept them alive. We've allowed that promise to, to wane so then we can't see the end of it happening for us. We gave up on the promise. We let that promise slip, it says in Hebrews. See? We can't let the promise slip. When you go to another way of thinking, then you just let the promise slip. Jesus, the Bible says, he set his face like a flint. In other words, there was no plan B. He set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. They came to kill him, okay? It didn't make no difference. He set his face like a flint. They didn't hear me. Oh, no, 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 no. I set my face like a flint. It's hard pressed to do this thing here. But Jesus, they, 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 they trying to find other people to listen to because your words, they, you said something about eating your flesh and, and drinking your whatever. They, they don't like that kind of talk. He said his face like a flint. 
That's why it tells you, don't look to the right or to the left. Stay focused on the things God has told you. For the vision is for an appointed time. The end is going to speak, and it will not lie. Oh, it tarry. Wait for it. Um, the word there, wait, is the same, um, has the same meaning as to minister. They that wait upon the Lord, the waiter is one that ministers. Okay? So it says, so wait on or minister. Uh, handle it. Okay? Don't just quote it and then leave it. No, handle it. Look at it from multiple, the Bible says that the word of God, every, every, every word is tried seven times. So why are you quitting just because you said it two times and it didn't work? Amen. Come on. Just stay with it. Say, okay, Lord, thank you for saying that. Show me how I can apply that, how I can apply it. It shouldn't take but a minimum a week, y'all. Come on. Seven ways, that's one every day. Whatever you're going through should be over in a week. Probably won't take that long if you set your face like a flint. But we have been trained in wishy-washy approach to God. Well, didn't work, so God don't want that from me. What did he say? The just shall live by his faith, not give up on his faith. All of the promises of God are yes, and in him they are amen. They're not a maybe. There's not a maybe. God Almighty. There's not a maybe in him. Come on. All of the A-L-L of the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. There's not a maybe in God. If there's a maybe, let me just help you out. If you see in a maybe, I'm going to probably submit to you, you brought it there. Because Jesus says stuff like, have faith in God. Because if you believe in your heart that what you have said will come to pass, then you shall have whatsoever you sayeth. I don't see a maybe in that. See? But if you're going to come to God with the maybe, you put it there. And please know, as a man thinks in his heart, that's where you find the man. So you and your maybe, there you go. See what happens for you. But when you have when you have an assurance of that which has been spoken to you will come to us. As he has said it, so shall it. This is why we study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that's not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But as I heard it and as I say it, the choice is yours, your way or God's way. God's waiting on you. Father, we just thank you. And we bless you for your word, sir. A word that is settled from the beginning. It is true from the beginning. So we thank you that as we adhere to that word from the beginning, it will last. It endures. The word lives and it abides forever. So then we thank you that as we hold on to that word, that you are framing our lives by that word, that you are forming our lives by that word. And Father, we thank you that as we work that word into our spirit, that our spirit says yes. Our spirit says amen. So be it. Thank you, Father, that you will cause us to grow up in you so that we can then resist the devil and watch him flee. 
And as we watch him flee, we get to enjoy your presence. We get to enjoy your promise. We get to enjoy, enjoy your love, for your love endures forever. We give you praise, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committing it to you is done in the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior, and the redeemed of the Lord said together, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, as it is my custom, I will um, ask you if you have any questions or comments about the ministry tonight, and you can give uh, uh, us a, a, a position of heart that you can display because iron sharpens iron. So then as you simply uh, say how the ministry blessed you or the comments or questions that you have about the ministry, then everyone on the line would receive that sharpening that comes from the iron that you present. Area code 770-964-7501. Area code 770-964-7501. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Uh, actually, not any questions. I just enjoyed every bit of it, and it just brought to mind uh, the promises that we have as believers that we forget we get caught up in what we see and what we feel and what we have experienced but we never get caught up in the promise (laughs) because the promise is our anchor and as long as we anchored in that promise you can can go ahead and, and go through any kind of trial so I was just glad to hear all of that because it made so much more sense, and it, and it kept bringing me back to, okay, this is why, after I got saved, this is why I do this, and this is why, no matter what, this keeps me going. And I was just yeah. blessed again. And it was like like a refresher course, just bring me back to where I started some years ago. Amen. 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 Thank you, my brother. Thank you much. Thank you for being part of the ministry uh, here tonight. And um, thank you that the, the Lord was able to, to give you the things that were necessary for a, a return to victory. <laughs> That's all. didn't mean that you went seven miles away, but in your heart, you're able to just be strengthened by the word of the Lord. Area code 678-524-7768. You have the mic. Area code 678-524-7768. Any comments or questions about the ministry tonight? Area code 678-524-7768. Amen. Again, thank you for for being on the call. Um, Area code 312-330-4024. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Area code 312-330-4024. You have the mic. Go ahead. Amen. I want to just wait and just make sure that, you know, we give them an opportunity uh, to, to, to give a viewpoint or a question. Area code 404-536-7829. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Yes, I just uh, would like to take it back on what the brother said about focusing on the promise instead of the trial, and I did note that, and that was that was really refreshing. I enjoyed the ministry. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a part of the ministry. And all of you who are on the line, 
whether you uh, voiced your comment or, or not. We thank you for uh, being a part of the ministry tonight. And if the Lord lays it on your heart to uh, sow a seed here at LiveDeliverance.com, uh, please go ahead and do that. Just go to the website, and uh, you'll find the Donate tab. And then just be obedient to the Lord because we stay on the air um, through the free will offerings of you, the listeners. Um, and so, um, you know, just allow God to, if the Bible says that if you have received of the spiritual uh, things, then it is no hard thing for you to then release from your natural or resources. The, the, the gift that you give in faith, know that, yes, we are praying for you, believing for all of the things that God has promised you, God has spoken to you to come to pass. We're believing that, that, that he would show you how to come out of uh, places that have been dark or frustrating and operate in victory day after day. So just go to the website and find the Donate tab and be obedient to God. So again, as we say always here, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Until next Monday, when we get back together, be blessed.